What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. It's been an interesting week this week, to say the least. What with the election in the United States. Um, it is currently Wednesday night. The votes have not yet been fully counted. At least I checked about 20 minutes ago, and they were not fully counted, so I doubt they have been counted right now. I don't have my phone on me, though, so I can't check, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we're still waiting to see who the next president is going to be. President of the United States. It's been a it's been an interesting week because tensions have been very high. I guess that's how it is every election. You know, people are always eager. People want their candidate to win, who they support to win. But right now, we're just waiting. Um, so it is currently Wednesday night. Yesterday was the election day, and I was lucky enough to be able to serve as an election judge in the county I live in. And you know, the credentials for that were just be a U.S. citizen and be. Um, at least 16 years old, or uh, just a high school junior and senior. And then it's, of course, mainly open to adults. Um, but, you know, I, I just got my permission from my school and then was allowed to serve. I had to complete, like, five or six hours of online training, which wasn't actually that bad. I know five or six hours sounds like a lot, but it wasn't too bad. Um, and then, you know, election day yesterday, I uh, helped run the polls. And it was pretty smooth. Not a lot of people showed up for, you know, election day. I think we had 100 voters, exactly. Um, yeah, which was honestly a little surprising, but at the same time, not very surprising because it, you know, we had so many early voters. But yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the election results. And I'm wondering what the next couple of weeks are going to look like. Alright, so this week, unfortunately, I don't have an American or politics-related topic. Um, unlike the first two episodes of this series, I'm kind of regretting that a little bit. I could have timed the, the episode contents a little better, but, you know, when the first episode came out, it's more than a month ago, a month and a half, I'm not exactly sure. When, well, when the first episode came out, it wasn't really on my radar, the election and politics, you know, I was just kind of focusing on myself. Um... So apologies for not timing it correctly, but I've got a great topic this week. I wanted to talk about filmmaking. And, you know, I know last week we talked about um, radio and podcasting with our guest, Margot Pagonis. Again, check out her podcast, Art in Motion, on Spotify. Last week we talked about radio, so this week we're keeping sort of with that theme of entertainment, and we're going into film. But film, though it is a form of entertainment, is so different from podcasting. And I'm realizing that now that I have sort of done both, because I have done both. Um, it's also extremely similar in tons and tons of different ways, but it, they're both unique is what I mean to say. Not necessarily super different, but super unique and also similar, if that makes sense. Um, but like I said, I have had experiences in student film. So I had been interested in filmmaking for a while. I'd always loved going to the movies, you know, sitting down, getting your popcorn, getting your Diet Coke, whatever. Just going there, seeing the previews, seeing the movie, you know, staying for the credits. I just, you know, that, that kind of always was a special experience for me. It still is. And even though movie theaters are closed right now, I still am, you know, waiting for the day when we can go back to the theaters, when new movies are coming out again. Um, but we kind of just have to wait for that one. Um, but I'd always been interested in films just because I love movies so much. 
I loved watching movies. Um, I liked looking at sort of like the production aspects of movies, um, which we'll go into a little bit later. But my second year in high school, I was lucky enough to be able to take a film class. And I was even more lucky to meet a group of people who had already worked on student films. And so they invited me in. We worked together, um, you know, on a couple projects. And then I even ended up writing, producing, and directing my own project uh, with the help of producers and a crew, all student-made. Um, you know, we funded it ourselves, and it was such a great experience. But at the same time, it was so, so hard. Um, and I think that's just something a lot of people don't, you know, it, it doesn't come up a lot if you don't really know much about movies. Um, just how hard entertainment and film production and that sort of thing is to do for everyone. You know, I'm not just saying it was hard for me. You know, it was, it's, it's such a difficult job and it's so stressful. And I just, you know, for a while I thought I would study film in, in college and then I would go into some sort of filmmaking profession. Um, but after experiencing it, I'm just kind of like, you know, it's a little too intense. Um, and so I'm going to talk about that. Don't get me wrong, I still love movies, watching movies, you know, analyzing movies, all that. Um, you know, it's just probably not something I'll go full force into in, in my life. So like I said, uh, last year, I was able to get into filmmaking in a student-produced way. Um, with a group of people who I resonated with. I respected them a lot. They respected me, and it was just, you know, we had a good dynamic. Um, but the first film, I student film I worked on, was this sort of psychological thriller, and it took place in the woods. Um, and, you know, there was very little, there was actually no dialogue. Uh, it was mainly just um, some some really interesting nature cinematography and I don't mean like nature cinematography in the, in the sense of like a nature documentary and like macro shooting on plants um I just mean like you know lots of green in in the shots lots of you know background music followed by uh just shots of uh, me walking I was actually the main actor um because they didn't have an actor and so they said you know what if you want to help then you know let's let's do this so I was the main actor, and it we filmed for a total of four days, um, and the days were 15 hours long. It was exhausting beyond all comprehension, you know. We essentially drove out to these lagoons, um, just like a, a local forest preserve, and we hauled cameras and lighting and sound equipment and a dolly, which is like a railroad track for the camera that can just help with certain shots and all the lenses and all the equipment, we just hauled it out in the middle of the forest. Um, I think we had like 20 boxes worth of stuff. It took multiple trips and we only had about seven people um, on, the, on the crew, including myself. Um, but we hauled it all out there and we, we shot our scenes um, and the first thing I realized was how tedious, just how overwhelmingly tedious. I mean, yeah, it was fun. It was totally fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was so, so tedious filming these shots. Um, and, and especially 
from a standpoint from an actor like I, I realized how hard it is to be an actor just it blows my mind because you know we would set up for a shot we get all our our things in place and all the props I have my my costume on I get in position I align myself in the right position with the camera and then we go and then you find out okay well there was a sound problem we got to redo it and then you go again and you find out, okay wait no the camera wasn't in the best place let's do it again then you find out, okay you know Sam how about you change this up a little bit make it a little bit better okay we'll go again and then you get it and then you, they say okay let's do one more for safety safety is just kind of like if you have a good shot um, but you find out later in what's called post-production when you're editing it that something is wrong you know maybe a, there was a a boom in the shot, a boom mic in the shot, or the audio got messed up or something, um, you know, and you have to scrap the footage, you use your safety. And you have to do good on the safety, too. You have to try for all of these shots, and it's just, it was so tedious. It was like, you know, at the least 30 minutes per shot for that particular project. And, you know, that just, now I understand it, but at the time, blew my mind just how long these processes would take. Um... The first day, you know, after 15 hours of filming, hauling equipment to different parts of the forest, of the lagoons, you know, I got home and I just fell right asleep at like 7 o'clock at night. Um, I was so wiped out. And then I got up at 6 a.m. the next day and went back and did it again. And then we had about a, a two-week hiatus just because not everybody's schedule lined up and then we went back for the final day. And the final day was actually pretty good because we were in one spot most of the time. It was hot. But, you know, we had water and um, these little, like, portable fans, so it wasn't that bad. Um, uh, and then, so we, we wrapped the the actual shooting, uh, the filming. Um, and then about two weeks later, we started post-production. Like I said earlier, that's kind of like the editing and the touching up and the, the, the really, you might even say it's the most important part of the process. Because that's where you can sort of, mold as a director as a producer into you can mold your footage into kind of a creative sequence sequence however you want it to be and you can experiment with special effects and lighting you know artificial lighting within the computer um sounds you know sound effects um there's a lot to it um but the second thing i kind of figured out was you know Editing is also a very long process. The whole process of filmmaking is, you know, for a student film, it took us two months, a little over two months. Hollywood films can go on for, you know, months and months and months, even years. You know, I, I remember reading somewhere um, the uh, uh, Vietnam War movie Apocalypse Now I think it was like three years it took to film in total. No, I think with breaks, but they just had so many issues filming, so many problems um, that it just went on and on and on. And I, I don't even know how they managed. You know, I know Stanley Kubrick is an, is an absolute mad lad. <laughs> He's a god amongst men. Um, but it's still, it's just crazy. Um, but for editing... You know, we would take all our footage, we would select which shots we wanted, because, you know, for multiple, for each shot, we had multiple shots, if that makes sense. Um, uh, 
multiple takes, I guess you could say. For each shot, we have multiple takes. So we selected the best fitting take and then put it in the sequence we wanted. We, and then we would kind of watch it through, decide how we liked it, make some changes, and then watch it through again, make some changes. And the video portion, just solely the video, took us about a week of working every day. And then we transitioned to the audio. So that was just like adding music, balancing out sound. Uh, you know, if there's any bumps or weird noises, we cut those out, edited those out. Um, then we did some lighting changes just on the computer, saturation, that sort of thing, just making it look more colorful digitally. Um, and then just some other touch-up stuff. Uh, there's Foley, which is an, a type of sound effect making where you use whatever objects you have or can get and just make sound effects. Like uh, a really good example of Foley you can find on YouTube or something is um, for the movie a quiet place um, they for the monsters used a taser and put it on a grape so they tased the grape and then slowed it down and did some digital touch-ups to it to make the clicking noise that the monster made so instead of just like you know clicking something normal you know I don't know if you consider sort of fully anything with fully normal um, but they they tased the grape um, I also remember reading somewhere that for the movie, one of the Godzilla movies, um, for, Go for Godzilla's Roar, they taped a box, they covered a boxing glove in duct tape, and then dragged it across these strings of a, an electric guitar, and then did some editing, and that's how they got his, the monster's scream. So, we did fully, and then we were ready for the, so I guess you could call it a drafting process, or just a screening process. We watched the cut, got some feedback, from the crew and some of uh, people's parents and then did it again, made some more touch-ups. And so that went on for a while and we were eventually finished and it felt so good to be done. Um, and no, it was tedious, but I really liked it. And I was just an actor in there. I, I didn't really have any part in the creative process beforehand, like the writing and the cinematography choices. Um, so the next project we did, I really wanted to be a part of the creative process. So my friend and I, who had been the director for the last film we did, the, the student film we did before, he said, okay, you know what? I think you really know what you're doing, so let's co-direct it. So he and I co-wrote, co-directed, co-produced our second film together. Um, and you know, just the writing process took us about two months. Uh, just pitching ideas, you know, writing the script, analyzing it, kind of going, seeing what we were going for in terms of messages, uh, sort of motifs. Um, and, you know, messages and motifs are not something that needs to be in every film. We just kind of wanted to make something artsy, <laughs> I guess. Um, so we did that. So the drafting process took a while. And then we, you know, we recruited our actors. Uh, we looked for a location. And we were shooting, it was set in an apartment, or the film was set in an apartment. So we had to look for one where we could stay the night, all of us, and, you know, it might have a, a decent view. We shot downtown Chicago. Um, and so, you know, after all that, it had been about three months. And then, you know, we, it was ready. We shot the film in January. Um, so we hauled all the equipment 
downtown. We just had to make a couple trips with our cars. Um, luckily, we didn't have to drag it by hand into a forest again because that was pretty awful. I won't lie. Um, and then we, you know, we brought into the apartment. We were lucky enough to get um, an Airbnb that had, you know, we rented it for a couple nights. And it was a, it was an okay apartment. You know, it was nothing. It's not a penthouse. It wasn't, you know, a million dollar sort of thing. It was just a normal apartment with a decent view, and we were happy with it. Um, so we got there, and I was directing with a friend. We were co-directing. Um, and so first day, uh, we woke up at 6 a.m. and said, okay, we're going to start. And the first thing I noticed directing was just, I couldn't make up my mind about anything. Like we had gone through the process of screening and the screening the script and just deciding what our motifs were going to be. And I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do for it. But when we actually sat down and we're talking to the, with the actor who had, you know, had his lines, had his script, um, when we were talking to him, I was just like, well, I don't really know what to do now, you know. I thought it was just going to kind of come to me naturally because I'd written it and thought about it so much, but it didn't. Um, so just the creative process was so much more interpretive and subjective than I thought it might be. And that made it really difficult, mentally exhausting. So we made it through the first day. We were actually very, very happy with what we had gotten. The actor had done crazy good um and you know it was great but we tore everything down and we were just exhausted we were so tired I think I was even more tired than I had been when we were in the forest um which is funny because I was sitting down most of the time you know uh, I wasn't hauling equipment in the middle of the woods during the summer uh, but I think it just had a super huge mental toll on me so the next day we got to filming again and then you know, it was pretty smooth. We had some camera issues. We had some, um, you know, just some general hiccups, uh, frustration with not being able to get a line right, not being able to get a shot right, tediosity, that sort of thing, tediousness. I don't know if it's tediosity or tediousness, but anyways, which is very tedious. Um, and we wrapped the second day of shooting. I fell asleep at 8 o'clock, you know, slept all the way through to 6 a.m., and then we had the final day of shooting, which was probably the smoothest. Um, and then we were done. And so everybody went home that night. And then I got home, fell asleep, woke up the next day, and we were going to begin editing. Because um, this was during a break, and we just wanted to grind out as much as we could. Um, but sitting down at a computer and editing my own project... I felt two things. I felt both a great sense of pride over something that I had made, something that looked pretty, something that I just really had put so much time and effort into. And then I also was just like, oh my God, I do not want to do this. I, I just felt so much dread and so much like bad anticipation, I guess, anxiety um, over the process because I had edited the last film I did, but you know, we had months of work ahead of us because this film was much longer much more many more shots uh much more complex and you know the plot was a lot more complex we had to factor in audio and sound effects fully it was just to such a higher degree and it was so much to to have on my mind all the time 
Um, but eventually we finished, we submitted it to a couple competitions. It didn't win anything big, but we were all very proud of it. Um, you know, we had matched up the cinematography with sort of the vibe we were going for. Um, the actor had done absolutely phenomenally. And it was just, you know, it was a good time seeing the project that we had made. But I just, after that whole process, I, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I was so wiped from the two student films I had made. And, it, you know, I thought it would be magical and I thought it would be so much fun. And it was fun and it was magical, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I could just keep doing forever. And don't get me wrong, I sound like an old man, you know, I don't mean to sound like that, but I, I'm glad I kind of figured out that it wasn't something I wanted to stick with. What I did like was the entertainment production sort of aspect. And, you know, I've been able to factor that into what I'm doing here uh, with my podcast. I'm also helping with sort of my peers podcast, working for my school radio station. Um, I think the, the sort of field of entertainment production, marketing production, that sort of thing is something I'm very interested in. And that's been sort of spurned on by my experiences with film and what I didn't like about it. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound petty here, but the, the physical, the hands-on, the creative work, I, I don't think that's for me. But sort of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff is definitely more interesting. And this is not a, a self-helpy sort of career talk. I just wanted to sort of input my my sort of ideas about filmmaking and don't get me wrong like the directors like steven spielberg christopher nolan stanley kubrick those guys are insane i have the utmost respect because they are probably so tired all the time i'm sure they've gotten used to it but movie after movie after movie after year after year after year i just couldn't do it um you know i kind of want a desk job now oh my god I'm totally an old man, but, you know, it was fun. It was hard, but it was fun. Um, and it made me think about all these different aspects of entertainment production. You know, plays, musicals, other kinds of movies, short films, long films, feature films. Um, any kind of piece of entertainment production, there's just so much to it. And they're all very unique, but they're all very similar in terms of, you know, you've got producers, directors, creative people. Um, you've got all these different elements for editing. You've got the actual sort of subjects, the actors, the, the voices. Um, there's just so much to it that I feel like a lot of people don't know. And I am in love with that sort of idea of production and the grind, um, except not as an actor. I don't want to do that again. But yeah, I think that's about it. I've kind of worn myself out with all this, with all this talk. It was a little bit too much about me today, so I apologize. But I thought that was a pretty, pretty good monologue. Um, just had some thoughts about my experiences that I wanted to get out there. I hope it's beneficial to anybody who's interested in that sort of thing. And if not, you know, it's just some good stories. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you all very, very much for watching, and I'll see you next week. What's up, guys? I'm Sam, host of The Bazaar on WNTH 88.1 FM, where we talk about anything you might not know about a particular subject, anything interesting or fascinating.